Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Every year, the President of the United States gives a State of the Union address. Now, what this is, is it's where the President believes the nation is today. So he will say the good things that are happening, the bad things that are happening, and mostly good things. And it basically is saying this is where we are at as a nation today. And it kind of brought up a question. What if we had a State of the Union address for churches? And so here is my attempt at this State of the Union address. Now, the Daily Citizen reports... A new poll concerning the coronavirus from the National of Opinion Research Center uh, found that 27% of people who attended a religious service at least once per month prior to the coronavirus outbreak still have no plans to return. Now, the percentage of those who said that they would attend, 73%, is up slightly from the two-thirds who said the same thing back in May of last year. However, 7% of people who attended at least once a month said they definitely won't be returning. The, the June poll examined both how the coronavirus changed people's habits and the public's thoughts on lifting the restrictions. It also found that of the general public, only 34% Plan to att- planned on attending a religious service in person within the next few weeks. Evangelical research firm Lifeway Research explained in an article by the Associated Press that many churches lost steam when in-person services shut down. It's a lot of momentum, they said, to lose and a lot of people stepping out of the habit of weekly worship. Now, this was said by Scott McDonald, LifeWay's executive director, as he told AP. According to one reverend, the, the, the churches that adopted uh, to the pandemic quicker, such as setting up live stream services or online donations, were the ones that were more successful in reemerging post-coronavirus lockdowns. In a sobering Gallup poll, the the number of Americans saying that they belonged to a church or a synagogue or a mosque has dropped down to 47%. It's the first time that the number has dropped below 50% in eight decades. And that's when Gallup started the poll. There has been much discussion about the state of the church, uh, and really specifically the Christian church in the United States, with some arguing that it's dying and others that it's thriving. A a Pew research study established in January showed that the net percentage of Christians hovered around 65%, which is actually a decline from the 77% back in 2009. Gallup poll is the latest to weigh in and shows a starting decline in church membership over the last 20 years, dropping from 70% in 2009 to 40% in 2020. 
in 1999 to 47% in 2020. For the polling period between 1937, the, the first year the poll was conducted, and 1999, church, synagogue, and mosque membership hovered around 70%, averaging between a low of 68 and a high of 76. According to the polling organization, this decline can largely be attributed to the increasing number of Americans who, quote, express no religious preference, unquote. The percentage of these people who don't have a religious preference has grown from 8% in the 1998-2000s to 21% between 2017 and 2020. That's a big jump. Now, much of this drop could be attributed to the decline in formal church membership as the practice has largely faded from use, especially among young, younger generations. And, and really, there, there is nothing in the Bible, to be honest with you, that says that a church has to have church membership. <laughs> there's, there's nothing in there that says, you know, you, you need to confess your sins and accept me as your Savior and then join membership in a church. <laughs> now, it says it wants us to go to church, wants us to be a part of a congregation, but me, the, the actual membership of one, not necessarily biblical. The poll reports that 66% of adults born before 1946 described as traditionalists belong to a church compared to 58% of baby boomers, 50% of Gen Xers, and 36% of millennials. Though there is not enough data to report on Gen Z, it appears that their numbers are similar as the millennials. From for younger generations, especially millennials and 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 Gen Zers, the the percentage of population within a religious affiliation is high at at twenty one percent for millennials and thirty three for Gen Zers. This drop is especially apparent, though, in the Catholic faith, with the church seeing a drop in membership from seventy three percent to fifty eight percent or 18 points, that's 18 point drop right there. In the same time period, Protestants have also experienced a decrease of nine points from 73% to 64%. This precipitous drop occurred just in the last 10 years. That's a big drop for 10 years. When dividing the polling data between men and women in the last 20 years, the percentage of those who are members of a church has dropped 46% for men and 53% for women, a decrease of 18 points and 20 points respectively. Now, married couples have dropped from, you know, by 13 points from 58% and not married has declined by 22 points to 42%. That a, those, are, those are big, big drops. Now, Gallup concluded uh, by stating that the quote the U.S. remains a religious nation with more than seven in ten affiliating with some type of organized religion. However, far fewer, now less than half, have a formal membership with a specific house of worship. While it is possible that part of the decline seen in 2020 was temporary and related to the coronavirus pandemic, uh, concluded decline, continued decline in future decades seems inevitable. 
given the much lower levels of religiously um, religious people and church membership among younger versions, uh, older generations of adults. Now, Charles Murray, a prominent political scientist, said in an interview with National Review that the American Republic is unlikely to survive without another great awakening, or at the very least, a revival of the religious values that the founders depended on to undergird their experiment. That requires both consistent evangelism and parents dedicated to bringing their children up in the church with a strong faith that can survive the pressures of an education system dedicated to indoctrinating the nation's youth. Now, Glenn Stanton, director of Global Family Formation Studies at Focus on the Family, argued in his 2019 book, The Myth of the Dying Church, that while liberal mainstream Protestant churches are dead and dying, biblical churches are either growing or have plateaued some. In an interview uh, uh, with the Think Biblically podcast, Glenn Stanton said, there are mainstream churches that are technically mainstream, and we all know them in our communities. The pastor there, he teaches the word of God. He is faithful. He believes in evangelism. But then you have, unfortunately, too many mainline churches where they're questioning the deity of Christ. No, he didn't actually raise from the dead, they'll say. No, sin is not a real thing. It's a you know psychological construct. No, same-sex marriage and homosexuality are just wonderful. Those mainline churches that are running away from the orthodoxy of Christianity are imploding, is what he had to say. People cannot get out of those ch- churches fast enough. Pew tells us from 2007 to 2014, those mainline Protestant churches lost at least 5 million adult members. And it could actually even be higher than that. It's 7.3 million lost members. That's just from 2007 to 2014. Now, the, the, the evangelical churches, those that are faithful to teaching scripture, between 2007 and 2014, so the same time frame, They've grown by about 2 million at least. And Pew says within margin of error, it could be an increase of 5 million that those evangelical churches have increased by. So mainline churches, you know, bailing on authentic Christianity, biblical Christianity, they are declining. The faithful evangelical churches that teach the vibrant and true faithful word of God well, those churches are increasing. In fact, Greg Smith, he's one of the, the key researchers uh, from Pew Research Center that looks in, into this issue. He, he was asked by Christianity Today, is evangelism dying? And he says, absolutely not. This is a quote, absolutely not. There is nothing in these data that we have to suggest that Christianity is dying, that evangelism is dying. That's what he has to say. That's his quote. Now, a great example of this is East Lake Church in Seattle. These people imploded within a weekend. What East Lake Church was, 
was a typical multi-site kind of hipster multi-campus evangelical church um, up in Seattle. And Ryan Meeks was the pastor. That that church was gaining about a hundred new members a week. Just absolutely just exploding. It was vibrant. Good. It had good teaching. Well, he decided he came, he came to this point where he said, you know what? We're going to change our position on homosexuality. And we're not only going to be kind and nice to gay and lesbian people, all churches should do that, but we're going to embrace it and say that not only is it a good thing, it's something that we should lift up. <laughs> now, this is a, a church full of cool hipsters who want to be relevant and, and things. Those people left the church in just dramatic numbers. He said within a few weeks, their budget tanked by millions of dollars. They had to lay off much of their staff, closed many of their campuses. And it's interesting because they had a, a lesbian staffer she was the the one that initiated Ryan's change of, of thought here. And she had to be laid off. So they they take this, this change and say, okay, we're going to move away from biblical Christianity on the issue of sexuality. And guess what? I, I mean, it's like Ryan Meeks handed out an invitation to his parishioners to please go somewhere else. And that's exactly what they did. <laughs> so Glenn Stanton continues by saying that people with same-sex attraction are 2.5 times more likely to attend a church that holds a historical view of sex in the you know, like sex in, in marriage than a church that would be gay affirming. You see, these churches in all our communities, the, you, you see them, the, the, the rainbow flag banners that, that go out and say, you know, we're, we welcome all, right? And when those churches put those banners out, guess what? People aren't coming through their doors. They're actually leaving. Even the very people that they want to attract are leaving. Now, the research was done by by two researchers at Columbia University. They, they are known as very gay-friendly scholars, right? And their research, they, 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 they wanted to find out the harm and danger to same-sex identifying people when they go to non-affirming churches. So this, this was the crux of their, their research. Well, what they found was the exact opposite of what they were trying to find. Not only are they not harmful, the, the, the people themselves are choosing to go to these churches. They are just scratching their heads why they would want to go to churches that are not affirming of their, quote, lifestyle. Why in the world would a gay and a lesbian identified type people choose to go to a church that is hostile to them, right? These people are going to the churches and, and they find out that they're not really hostile. They, they don't affirm sexuality, you know, their sexuality anyway, but they're loved and they're appreciated and they're welcomed. And those people 
you know, want to go to church where they hear the word of God taught. They want to go to a church where people are rejoicing that they're saved and, and, and they're saved from real sin, that Jesus has really done something in their lives. And you don't get those at the, you know, metropolitan community gay churches, for instance. You don't get that at the mainline churches. You you get that at the churches that most of us go to, actually. Churches are called to devout, devote themselves to biblical teaching, to, to fellowship, to the Lord's Supper, to, to prayer. You, you can see that. Acts 2, 42 where it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, if we neglect meeting with other believers, we will surely become, you know, discouraged um, in our faith. And, And you can even see that in scripture in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and uh, and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And while the, the more as you see the day drawing near, you see, this, this is what scripture says in Hebrews. Our desire for fellowship should be to please and obey God and to give to others, not, not, not simply when we feel like, you know, we might need it. The, ch- the church is, is a place of, of mutual fellowship between Christians who are coming together to worship God. It's not a buffet to take away, you know, what you want and never give anything back. Part of church is, is what you give to it and what you give to other people. You, you give encouragement, you give fellowship, you, uh, you, you may be a mentor, whatever the case may be, you, you, you give as much as you get from a church. And that's the beauty of it. In, in the same way, churches are to be a godly and biblical place of worship. Our society is increasingly looking for things that are real. Uh, the, with every generation that comes through, it looks more and more for things that are real. We don't want the pretend things anymore. That's one of the problems that liberals are having right now when they virtue signal is that with the virtue signaling, it's not real stuff. They're not, they don't really believe that kind of stuff. They're, they're just signaling to others that they are a certain way. They're trying to portray themselves as something they're not. And, and so our society looks for things that are real. And if churches present a religion without a relationship with an almighty and a, and a living God, then, and then how can we complain that, peop, that, that people are rejecting that? We as churches need to be real and we need to show the real God. We need to show the living Jesus. Now, A Pew Research study from April of last year showed that the pandemic was having an effect on churches. If you normally attend an evangelical church or a traditional black church, you were far more likely to say that the coronavirus crisis has actually strengthened your faith 
rather than weakened it. This again is another sign that if you are a biblically based church and not just a religious club trying to, you know, show how relevant you are by adopting an unbiblical policy or, you know, trying, trying to just grow yourself, you're then, then, then you're growing. If, if I have, you know, I have talked to many people in, in the last few months that have said that if they have, you know, they, they have literally changed churches um, where they attend on Sunday morning. I am not one that encourages church hopping at all. <laughs> and so I asked them why they felt the need to change where they worshiped. And to a man, all said almost the very same thing. We went from a church that was closed to a church that was open. Yes, there were a few weeks when the lockdowns first came down that made, you know, online church the only option uh, or even closed their doors altogether. But it became very clear very quickly that this was not going to be a sort of two weeks to flatten the curve kind of thing. This was something way bigger than that. It was something much bigger. Churches were not only asked to shut down, but told to shut down. Many were fined and sued. And even some pastors were jailed for having in-person services. There are churches still to this day that are making their congregants wear masks and socially distance themselves in services. There comes times in, in, in all of our lives when we are challenged with making decisions that are very difficult to make. Many times we have to rely on our knowledge of the Bible to make the right choice. It can be tempting to make the choice that will please the most people, let's say. It can be tempting to make the choice that will cause the least criticism, for instance. But the correct choice is not always the easy one. It oftentimes is the hardest one, but we know that it is the godly one. The choice you make during these times will show your true character. Now, the same thing goes for churches. What they did over the last year and year and a half or so has shown the character of churches. They, they they shut down for a long period of time, even though the Bible tells us to meet regularly. They, you know, did did they follow the laws of of man over the will of God? It can be a difficult thing, and many will say that we need to show a good face to those in the community that that we were, you know, not super spreaders or something. But this is the same argument given by those churches that are embracing societal change over biblical teaching. Those churches that have embraced homosexuality or critical race theory or whatever are declining in numbers at a rapid pace. And they're losing people because it's obvious that they are not real. It is clear to almost anyone 
that these things are not biblical. And if you try to say that they are, or it doesn't matter that they're not biblical, people will lose respect for you and your ministry. Those churches that were open during the pandemic are experiencing huge growth. One church in this area where this podcast originates in Southwest Washington has grown so much that they can't even have services in their sanctuary any longer. They have to rent a big tent and have services in their parking lot. And, and, and they have to do that until they can build something bigger. They showed their character and, and people were attracted to that and God blessed their church. So what is the state of the union of the church? Well, it is both good and bad, but mostly good. We are seeing many people being deceived by false teachers, unfortunately, and unbiblical theology. We are seeing a turning away from many false religions, as it should be. And we're seeing the character of churches being revealed. We are seeing that, you know, what, what, the, what the Bible predicted as a, a doing away of, of fence writers. If you are serious about your relationship with Jesus, then you are being strengthened. If church is just a habit and not really anything that changes your life, then you're turning away. All in all, we are seeing that the Bible once again is true when it talks about the future of things and, and the time in which we live in. It does even seem like another indicator that we are in the end of the church age. And again, you may agree, you may not agree. That is, that is something I would love to hear from you. And your feedback is always appreciated. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. This is a fast-growing podcast, and it is humbling to, to see that. But we're having a great time doing this on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, and, and we love the fact that you are able to communicate with us what you, uh, what you like about it and what you don't like about it. And you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.